All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. Over the years, two of the biggest areas in our lives that I have found are neglected by families, couples, I mean, even singles, are financial and well-being. Now, as far as financial is concerned, that's my job. It's my job to help someone in that side of things to make sure that things are in check. Um, we do financial health checks, especially with new clients. Um, with existing clients, we regularly have health checks with them financially to see if everything's on track, to see if they're on track to their on, on, with their goals, to see if there are any habits that are there at the moment that need to be worked on. But as far as well-being is concerned, that's normally the part that I normally can't do, or what I can do is very limited. And that is where people like Sasha Kerry, health and well-being expert, come in. So with me, I have Sasha Kerry. Welcome, Sasha. Thank you for having me, Michael. Oh, it's about, thank you for being here. It's um, okay. I can't wait to talk about this because my, my wife, I'm I'm pretty into health. Like I like my health, and yeah. I'm very passionate about it. And not just my health, but health in general, and you know habits and goals and all the rest of it. But uh, my wife does tend to laugh at me sometimes because <laughs> you know sometimes I just get into this mode where I just start sounding like you know. I think I'm a nutritionist or I think I'm a doctor or, you know, a personal <laughs> trainer and obviously I'm far from it. How um, does that usually work out for you? Oh, I just, I just concede. I just, yeah, I just, I just drop my head and say, yeah, okay, I'll stop. So, <laughs> but, um, but this is where people like you come in because, you know, uh, you know, I met you about a year ago, I would say just over a year. And, yeah. you know, from what I can see, you know, you're very passionate about this area yes, um, and very good at it. And I guess if we can just sort of just start off, if you could just introduce yourself um, to those that are listening that don't know who you are, yeah. um, just about your background and, uh, where you come into the piece. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me talk about health and well-being. As you know, I'm, it, it is. I'm, I'm super passionate about it. It's a subject that I could talk on and on and on and on about it. My background has always been in health across very different divisions but as I even from when I was a little girl my my favorite my favorite present I ever received was a stethoscope and I used to nice. um, make all my family members and friends lie down and I'd I'd do a full health check on them and then give them lots and lots of different advice on on how they should live healthy and well uh, and that really and how did that always go down <laughs> Amazingly, I didn't have as many friends as I probably should have. <laughs> um, that just really progressed, and and as I as I grew and and the learnings that, that developed through the different experiences I had and different people I worked with, it really just made it so poignant to me that health and well being, although we understand the importance of it, it's it often falls quite low down on our to do list for our own selves. So um, my background. I've been lucky enough to work, as I said, across many different 
inspectors across health and well-being um, in the pharmaceutical sense, as well as in healthcare with doctors and practitioners, helping work with them to ensure that their patients were living as healthy and as well as they possibly could. I'm a qualified personal trainer specialising in nutrition. Um, I've got life coaching skills and just anything and everything to do with health and well-being I'm all over and it's it seems to be quite a space at the moment that I don't want to say on trend because usually trends kind of come and go but what has been exciting to me is for the first time in the 30 years I've been involved in health and well-being because obviously I started when I was eight um, now, now more than ever uh, is uh, are people talking about health and well-being and what it takes to live their healthiest and most well lives that they possibly can be and and this year if nothing else has taught us just how important it is that we need to to pause and take check on yes, ourselves definitely definitely and, and I guess starting on that side of things I guess most people's well-being normally starts off with some sort of resolution so like a new year's resolution for example you know yeah. and we all know new year's resolutions 98 percent of them fail mm-hmm. um you know well, i think that's the statistic last time i checked yeah and I, I don't know if it's because half the time it's made when someone's not really in the state of mind to make new year's oh. resolutions because it's normally like 10 minutes before midnight <laughs> um or if it's well thought out but i guess what are your thoughts on that like i mean why do most of them fail and most people just as much as pas- as passionate as some people are initially, well, what happens? Yeah, it's 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 such an interesting point because we know for the last fifteen years or so, the majority of New Year's resolutions, and when I say majority, I'm talking like eighty percent of them. Eighty percent of New Year's resolutions where from people who are living in first world countries involve health and well-being of some sort so generally the top three are they'll join people want to join a gym improve their their health and fitness give up smoking cut back on alcohol and just basically eat better so they tend to be the most common and popular new year's resolutions that people make every year and like you said for different reasons maybe they're well thought out maybe they're spur of the moment 10 minutes before midnight maybe maybe it's um coming off of a hangover and they think this year's going to be better um and you know people often do quite well in the first couple of weeks with new year's resolutions being being healthier and well and making those right decisions but come end of January, the that motivation is really starting to wear a little bit thin, and and unfortunately, yeah, you're right. Ninety eight percent of those New Year's resolutions of being healthier and well tend to fail before the end of the year. So, you know, and it's and it's it's one of those things. It's not rocket science, right? We all know what it takes to be be healthier. We all we all know we need to eat a little bit better we need to move more we need to be really mindful of our mental well-being we know that it's and all these different fads and trends and things like that all that aside we generally know what it takes for us to be healthy and well but so often as adults we tend to put other people first you know which is a fantastic thing but it does tend to mean that we we aren't first we aren't putting our own 
health and well-being on top of our priority list. And because of that, quite often, it becomes an afterthought. You know, I'll 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 get to the gym when I've when I've meet all my deadlines at by the end of the week. I'll I'll sit down and make a, a nice, healthy, nutritious meal for myself when I'm not so tired and and takeaways just an easier choice. I'll get to that when everything else is working perfectly. And yep. And how many times in life do things just work perfectly? <laughs> Not very often, unfortunately. Very. So, so you know, so what what were some of your New Year's resolutions in the past? Would I, was I right in saying they were around health and well-being? Yeah, I, I'd say that, to be honest with you, if not all of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I think the most recent one I can think about was about 12 months, 18 months ago, so not the New Year's that just passed, but the one before that, um, it was to start exercising again because um, I used to exercise a lot um, and then got married, started exercising a little bit less, had kids, (laughs) that just fell. (laughs) It just became non-existent. Um, So I think it was just to get back into it because for me, I was seeing, I've got friends, even clients of mine. um, I used to notice that those that were hitting their 40s, suddenly started to have health issues you know yeah. so most of them have never had health health issues in their life and yeah. you know a lot of it would you know whether it's high blood pressure or diabetes or um just things that used to started to just pop up and i mean they were just as surprised as i was and i think the conclusion that i sort of came to at that point is that our bodies are sort of like cars and like initially mm. if you don't service the car you could still drive it but it does get to a point where things just start breaking down and yeah i thought okay now i just really want to stay on top of things and i want to be in my 40s i want to be in my 50s and 60s and not have as many health issues and you know obviously some issues can't be avoided health-wise you can have the the fittest person in the world can be diagnosed with something serious but I guess I think that was probably my thing just seeing that to knowing that you know when I'm older I want to be able to spend time with my children I want to be able to do things and Mm. yeah for me it was definitely fitness and Mm. um, it was actually your one of your tips that helped me Oh, hit that goal. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I haven't told you this. So there's something that you mentioned about habits, about um, when you wake, uh, like having a, a routine. Uh, I think mm. you gave us uh, um, an example of an athlete and about having a routine and how, you know, just like when you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth, it's, you just do it every morning, for example, if you have a shower in the morning or before you go to bed, if you, whatever it is, habits are things that sort of stick. and. Yes. And it's nice to give yourself like a bit of a reward yes. um, when you do certain things. Mm-hmm. So for me, mine was that I would exercise every night for at least 15 minutes and I bought resistance bands and I'd okay. actually love to do an episode on this one day because I'm like obsessed with resistance oh, bands. Oh, how good are they? Uh, oh, they're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> and there are some really good athletes uh, and personal trainers that like literally have channels just on resistance bands and yes. they're working out the whole body. Yeah. Um, so I got a pair of them and... Um, I basically would exercise at nighttime, um, about five-ish, and my thing is I would not have dinner until I finished exercising. Brilliant. And it was only a 15-minute workout, so I could do it on an empty stomach. Yeah. My reward was I would eat, so that was like a psychological thing, and that really worked. Yeah. And the other part about it as well is I found that that was sort of the best time for me to exercise because I'm not a morning person, plus it was too hard with the kids. Yeah. And if I waited too late, I, I I was just way too tired and lethargic, so... That was sort of my thing. And no matter how hungry I was, I would do at least 15 minutes of something high intensity. Yeah. And then I'd let myself eat. And then, and yeah, that was, I think that's probably the first time I've actually stuck to a New Year's resolution and achieved it. Saying that I haven't been too good in the last couple of months, but it worked. (laughs) That's the main thing. 
Well, the great thing is you know what you need to do now to get back to it. So that's that's yes. what it is. And look, you're 100% right. You, you know, willpower and motivation and all those things are incredible things to get us started, but really not very useful tools to keep us going. So exactly what you said, it, it does come about, it does come down to the healthy habits that we work to create. Now, as human beings, we're creatures of habits. The majority of us will wake up every morning and go through a series of habits throughout our day without even realizing it. Like you said, you used a really good example of getting up in the morning, having breakfast and then brushing your teeth. And, you know, if you, if you sat, if you really thought about it right now, can you remember this morning actually standing there, putting toothpaste on your toothbrush, putting the toothbrush in your mouth and brushing your teeth? You do it without even thinking. It's, it's, it's a, a reflex action. So, and that, that's great. So knowing what we know about people, it, you know, a lot of this is based on behavioral economics and knowing what we know with people and how they work. We have to create ways to make things real. And when life throws us curveballs and our motivation wanes, and the willpower was left there last Thursday when we when we hit the alarm clock four or five times for getting out of bed. We need to be able to draw on those things that are second nature uh, without even really having to think about it. So yes. habits don't just create themselves. There, there is a, an element of work that goes into them. But once those habits are formed, then it feels wrong not to carry out those habits. And so what we need to do is be really clever and start thinking of ways that we can implement healthy habits into our daily routine to the point where we don't even think about it anymore. It just happens. Yes. So uh, with habits, there's there's actually a formula. There's sort of nothing sexy or super exciting about it, but there is a definite formula. So what we need to think about, and you use a really great example, so we'll we'll go back to your example if that's all right, Michael. Yeah. Um, we need to first think of a trigger for these for these habits. So your trigger was a certain time every day that you're going to participate in your exercise. And you put a 15 minute time slot on there, which which I think is perfect. But if you're thinking about creating a, a habit around exercise, don't be thinking that you're going to work out five times a week for an hour, particularly if you haven't done that for a long time. Those small blocks of exercise are amazing. So, and everyone can find 10 minutes here or there in their day. But, and if, if we know psychologically all we need to commit to is 10 minutes, then we're more likely to do it. As soon as we start thinking in, blocks of an hour or even half an hour sometimes we just we make up all these reasons and excuses of why we haven't got that time to commit so 10 mm. 15 minutes is a perfect chunk of time and as you said there's lots of apps uh seven minute workout apps apps that you can download for nothing um so we need to think of what that trigger is so yours was a time a specific time every day that you were going to do something. The next step is the action. So what is it that you're actually going to do in this habit? And your action was a high-intensity workout for 15 minutes. And then the reward, and your reward was you weren't going to eat dinner until you got that workout done and completed. So the reward is, is really key as well because without that reward, and again going back to behavioural economics, we know we just won't do it. Because yep. if it hasn't worked in the past, knowing that we should do it, it's not going to work now. So we really need to think of it like kids. You know, I like to think of it as rewards. Some people would call it 
bribery, but how much easier is it to get kids to do something if they know that there is a reward if they get it done? Yeah, definitely. Another really, really important thing to work out, and this is this needs to be worked out before you start thinking about how you're going to create your healthy habits, is the reason why. It's absolutely fundamental that you have an understanding about why it is you want to start making these changes in your life. So you said when you... Uh, when you turned 40 and a lot of your friends around you were turning 40, you just noticed that some there were some health implications happening with your friends and family. And that's really normal. You know, we, we live through our, our 20s and our 30s kind of feeling bulletproof. We, we, we can work crazy hours. We can party crazy hours and just keep up with life, really. Yep. Um, I remember in high school, I used to um, I used to hate coffee. Yeah. But what I used to do before an exam, I'd just I'd cram before an exam, so I'd Literally, like I'd block my nose and I would drink <laughs> all this coffee at like 10 o'clock at night and I'd do an all-nighter, wake up, you know, and not sleep, probably sleep an hour or two <laughs> and then wake up and ace an exam. Yet now I could sleep like 10 hours and still wake up feeling like a, a zombie. Oh, it's crazy, isn't it? How, and, yeah. and it just happens all of a sudden. It feels like you, you yeah. go to bed one night feeling like you can take on the world and the next morning you wake up and everything seems a bit harder. Yeah. Um, but and that's fine. We need to be we need to be kind to ourselves and understand that that's what happens as we get older, and we we just need to readjust the way we we do things and the way we we consider things. Aches and pains should not be a normal part of our daily life. Just even if you're in your sixties, seventies, and eighties, aches and pains don't necessarily need to exist. We just need to find our way to work around them and make sure that those those things don't creep up on us and then hit us like a ton of bricks. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. So if we, we're going back to creating those, those healthy habits, number one absolute reason is understand your why behind you're doing something because it's that why that we'll need to keep drawing on when times get tough and we just can't bother doing it uh and we all have those days you know it's it's rainy it's pouring with rain outside so you don't want to go out for your run you know you haven't got anything in the fridge so you don't want to prepare that healthy meal it's a tuesday and you just can't be bothered whatever whatever the reasons it's not always going to feel absolutely great to get involved in this healthy habit. So we need to draw back on that why. There's lots yes. of things we can do to help keep us on track with that. Um, it, you know, you can write little post-it notes and stick them around around the house, wherever it is that will prompt you. Um, you can set reminders on your phone. There's so many great things you can do with your phone that will just, you know, that just before you're going to embark on your, on implementing your healthy habit, a reminder might pop up to remind you of what that why is. It might be getting your, a loved one or your, someone within your support group that can be that person to remind you of the why it is. It might, it might be your children. Just looking at them might be enough to kind of spur you on to remember your why. Can you remember what, can you remember how you reminded yourself of your why, Michael? Definitely that. Definitely the children. Just mm. um, just knowing that, you know, when they're teenagers, I want to be able to keep up with them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's probably the, <laughs> the biggest part there. Um, so it's so important. So the first step is really, really, really understanding what, what your driving force is, what your why is. That needs to be a motive. That needs to 
to be something that's almost a physical feeling. You know, I, I, I want to be able to keep up with my children when they're older. I want them to look at, at me as, as a great example of what healthy and well should look like. That feeling of why you're doing something should be almost overwhelming. Okay. Um, and then that's what we keep reminding ourselves. Then it's about planning out. Your, your healthy routine. I love the fact that you said you're not a morning person. It doesn't work for you. You're busy with the kids. You know, maybe you don't like to get up too early. You prefer, you prefer to get your exercise done in the afternoon. That's fantastic. Whatever that is. I think we need to move away from exercise needs to be done first thing in the morning. Exercise should be done whenever it suits you. So yep. have a real clear, understanding around what's going to work for you and where what that trigger could possibly be so you said your trigger was a certain time every day that's fantastic if you are a morning person maybe it's your alarm clock going off maybe it's leaving a pair of sneakers by the front door when you get home from work at the end of the day to remind yourself to put your sneakers on and go for a walk maybe it's your dog running at you full pelt with his lead in his mouth whatever it is whatever that trigger is going to be you need to be really clear about that so eventually when this becomes a habit as soon as that trigger happens your body just goes into autopilot you're not even thinking about the next step you just do it then it's about understanding what that action is going to be so we've been using the example of exercise like I said it's it's really important particularly if you're just getting back into exercise to start off small just set yourself seven minutes of high intensity interval training is actually all we need to ensure that cardiovascular wise we're really well and healthy and it's also the one of the best ways to to drop those excess kilos as well so seven minutes is perfect timing for anyone starting off and then like I said the final thing is understanding what your reward is and the reward should be something that you give yourself quite quickly so I, I would always say if you're creating a new routine the longest amount of time between doing that routine and getting a reward should be no more than a week. I love the fact, Michael, that your reward was immediate and every day. Um, that's not always possible. So, but it, your return, reward should be short term and they should align to your long term goal as well. So I think you and I talked about before, Michael, if your long term goal is, is to lose weight and be healthy and well and your routine to get there is to exercise three times a week at the end of the week your routine your reward really shouldn't be a a family pizza a family block of chocolate and a bowl of wine it's not really going to align to your long-term goal but so we need to be creative with that as well you know what what's our what's our reward going to be to ensure that we we get these routines done. Um, it could be downloading uh, your new favourite podcast that you want to listen to. Uh, it could be a, a pair of um, sneakers that you're saving up for. Um, it might be a massage at the end of the week or or a date night with a, your partner or, or one of your friends. Whatever that reward looks like, it should be something that you really, really want. It should be something that you can give to yourself in the short term uh, and it should be aligning to your long-term goals as well so so that's really what it comes down to we need to 
fundamentally understand the reason why we're wanting to create these healthy habits, then we need to lock in these healthy habits. We need to figure out what our trigger is going to be. We need to understand what the action is, that, that movement or the exercise or the healthy eating habits that we're going to create. And then we need to ensure that we've got a reward waiting for us once we achieve that routine. Yeah, that's gold. That's gold because it's, I think as, as for, for anyone, normally it's not knowing where to start is half the issue. Mm. Um, you know, it's um, because we can get discouraged, can't we? Like, especially somebody that used to be fit and yeah. interestingly enough, when you, if you talk to most people that will say aren't very fit and when you talk, well, for me anyway, when I talk to them about their health and we start talking about these things, one of the first comments people drop is that they used to be fit. You yes. know, I used to run a marathon or I used to do mm. sport or I used to be really into my basketball or, you know, I used to gym 10 times a week, you know, like yes. most people used to be at that point in their lives, but they sort of drop out and I could see why some can get discouraged. And the same thing applies to money. Like I'll talk to some people which are, you know, for the first time, for example, which are struggling financially and they'll explain that they never used to struggle financially and they don't really know how to get out of it. So Yes, yep. Yeah, that's sort of where I see fitness and in money. This completely different, but in a way, the habits and some of these techniques can sort of relate to both. Oh, absolutely! They're so interchangeable. And the great thing is, once we learn how to create healthy habits for ourselves, and when I say healthy, I'm, I'm speaking whatever that looks like. So it might be healthy habits around spending or budgeting. It might be healthy habits around the way we speak to ourselves or the way we engage mm. with others. Healthy habits doesn't always necessarily mean what we're eating or how we're moving. It's it's about creating those habits that do us better in life. Um, and you're right, they, they are. They're so interchangeable. And that's why we really have to be careful with the rewards. When we're talking about, you know, for example, losing weight, our reward shouldn't be jumping on the scale at the end of the week and and measuring our self-worth on whatever the number on the scale reads. It should, regardless of where we end up on that scale or how our clothes are fitting, our reward should be just for getting that routine done. Yep. And, and also you've, ta- you've spoken about something else in the past um, around, you know, p- us as humans being multi-layered. Mm. Um, and um, I think they're called the five elements. or The five essential elements of well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And you would see this as an advisor, Michael. We, 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 we need to understand, as you said, that humans are, are multi-layered. And again, as, as adults, we, we very rarely take an opportunity to just press pause on our life and to do a check-in on ourselves we, you know yep. we can we're very good at doing that for other people but not necessarily for ourselves and the five essential elements of well-being was actually actually came out of a huge study that was done a couple of years ago involving hundreds of thousands of people across I think it was 26 uh, first world countries and basically the question was asked to people if you were to live your very best life what would need to be working well in order for that to be work for in order for that to be true and amazingly which never happens in a study of this type, this kind but 98% of people that were surveyed came back all saying the same five elements so so those five elements are quite simply social so do you have support do you have love and people in your life who are there to to help you when times are tough or there to help you celebrate your wins 
physical is another element and that relates to energy, both mental and physical energy. Basically, do you have enough energy to get you up in the morning and, and get through your to-do list at the end of the day and then be able to back it up again the next day? Um, the third element is community and, and probably this year more than, more than ever have we realised the importance of community and ensuring that people don't feel alone or, or isolated in a, in a mental sense. Uh, it's really important that we have that sense of belonging and we, we really try to do what we can to avoid that feeling of, of loneliness. This year, more than ever, uh, I think it's really important that we we highlight the importance of that. Uh, in fact, in London, a couple of years ago, they actually put on a, a health minister whose job it was to combat loneliness in London. So wow. that, that's, the, that's the level that we've got to. Uh, the fourth element is career. So not necessarily about bouncing out of bed on a Monday morning, super excited to get to work, but it is about understanding what you're getting out of your career and, and assessing really truthfully whether it's enough or not. So are you are you rewarded in the way that you want to be rewarded? And, and for everyone that's different, for some people that's a, a financial reward, it may be recognition, it may be a promotion, or it may it may in fact just be the fact that you feel like you're making a difference in some way or another. And then the fifth element, which is where you are the absolute world expert on, Michael, is financial. So financial, again, it means something different to everyone. For, for someone, it might be buying their, their fifth McMansion down the road. Um, for other people, it might be being able to go on a, on a holiday with their family every couple of years. But that fifth element around financial security is, is super important. It's really, it, it's really poignant for us to be able to stop every now and again in our lives and, and check in on those five essential elements of well-being, financial, career, community, physical and social. Just get yeah. an understanding of, of where we sit in each one of those elements and where, if necessary, we can just tweak things a little bit to make us feel a little bit better. And when, when we say tweak things, it really is small, sustainable changes. We can't, can't go too big, aim too high too soon because it gets too hard and the wheels fall off and we just default back into our, our old behaviours. But it is about understanding where we currently sit and just thinking about what is it going to take to make me feel just that little bit better? What is it that I can do almost on a daily basis that is going to make that element feel really good for me. Because, Michael, I know you agree with me here. Uh, uh, don't we deserve to be living our best possible life ever? We only get one chance, right? So exactly. why not take the opportunity every now and again to, to go, hey, how are you doing? And ask that questions to ourselves instead of asking it to everyone else. Yeah, that, that is true. And, and actually, you bring up a valid point there as well, because most people, when they do start, not most, but a lot of people, when they start neglecting certain things, it's because, yeah, they are focusing on other things, aren't they? Like, mm. a, a, for example, a parent having children. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the most obvious and one of the most um, biggest points that I see where, you know, suddenly somebody that used to stay fit or somebody that used to always be social and see their friends, or literally, actually, these five points, they used to be social, yeah. they used to be physical, <laughs> they used to community. So, you know, for example, I could be um, just being involved with other people. Yep. Gr different groups they used to focus on their career they used yeah. to focus on their money so it's literally <laughs> all these five points and suddenly they have children 
socials out the window because suddenly, you know, you can't even plan a time to catch up with friends anymore, at least in, initially, especially as a new parent when sure. you don't really know what you're doing. Yeah. Physical's gone because you just focus on the children and them and by the time they're in bed and you're just exhausted and you could barely even move. Yeah. Um, community is normally gone because with social because, again, because of time issues. Yeah. Career, normally, especially mums that take time off work yes. to have children, you know, yep. they've normally worked so hard to build careers and suddenly that has to be put on hold, yep. which is not easy. And I commend every mother for, for that, you know, because mm. I would struggle, to be honest with you, mm. personally. Um, and then financial, you know, where suddenly as a, a couple that, have never had children, which in our industry we nickname them as dinks, mm-hmm. double income, no kids. Yeah. They're both working. Yeah. Um, they have children, then suddenly, yeah, financially things just get completely different because it's not just them anymore and they're having an extra mouth to feed and, you know, they need to buy all this baby stuff and all the rest of it. So it's yeah. Yeah, like that, that's that's the part that probably strikes home more to me personally and, yep. again, that I do see with other couples and parents. Of course. It's a whole new world that, that we enter into and, and, of course, then we also overlay that with the element of guilt as well. Quite often people will say to me, but I feel guilty spending time on myself, at, you know, a, being away from the family so I can go to the gym or, you know, spending a little bit more money on, on nutritious food rather than the, the cheap, quick food that I can prepare. So it, it, there is that element of guilt often that comes into it as well, which we really, really need to move away from. It's such, an, it's such a, a poor use of energy applying guilt to things like that. And we need to understand that if we don't put ourselves first as far as health and well-being goes, we actually aren't doing any favors to the people that we care about we can't be the best possible father or or mother we can't be the best possible partner we can't be the best possible friend or uh, daughter or son whatever or staff member boss whatever it is in your life that's important to you unless we are at the top of our game health wise we can't be everything that we need to be for everyone else so we kind of need to to flip the script on that you know if if you do want to be that person then you need to invest in yourself rather than seeing it as something that um, is a is a guilty thing to do that's so true and on the point of sleeping a friend of mine put this on Facebook the other week this quote and it's so true. It goes, it seems unfair that people who want to go to bed have to put the people that to bed that don't want to go to bed. So, <laughs> as parents, I just thought of that when I was talking about putting the kids to yeah. sleep and things. It's like you're trying to put them to sleep. They don't want to sleep. You're desperate yeah, you, for you, it. You were the one that was sleeping. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, that is so I'll, true. I'll, um, and I guess in summary, can I just ask, just ask you one last question as yes. a parent mm. or as, as anyone, anyone listening to this podcast? Mm. You know, if they're thinking, yes, 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 yes. Oh, my God, I could relate to that. Yes, I need to change that. Where would you say would be the first place to start or, or the first, I guess, the first way, the first task or the, the first step to just, you know, as soon as this podcast is finished, hmm. what's the first thing you would recommend that that person gets into or, or does or initiates? Yeah. Okay. So just the, the first thing to do is just, as I said before, just sit down and think about those elements of well-being for you. And you probably won't need to think too hard. Something will come to your mind pretty quickly. What resonates with you? What is it that's important? What is it that you think that's been niggling away at you thinking, 
I really should do something about that. That's the first thing. What what is it that you actually want to achieve? Then, like I said, we really need to be very, very clear. We need to be loud about it. We need to be very open with what our why is. Why do we want to get that achieved? If it is simply to fit into a pair of jeans that is being annoying you hanging up in your wardrobe, put those pair of jeans on site. Put the, hang them up so you can see them every single day you walk into your wardrobe. Or if it is, uh, you know, making healthier nutritious choices, put a note on the fridge. Whatever it is that's going to remind you, we don't, let's not rely on ourselves to remind ourselves. Whatever it is that we need to do to remind ourselves, do that. And let people know that you're going to do it as well. It's, it's a lot harder to give up on yourself and give up on your goals if you've got a cheer squad behind us. So pick a couple of people who are really important to you who their opinion means a lot to you and get them on your team. Tell them what you're going to do. Get them behind you. Get them to be your cheerleaders. And then just start thinking small. What is a small step that you can do today when you finish listening to this podcast that's going to get you started? Is it the first step downloading a seven-minute app that you can do in seven minutes? Is it understanding what time of the day works best for you? Is it buying, digging out those sneakers and and making sure that they still fit you so you can go for a walk. Whatever it is, start small and then just keep going. And if, you know what, if if the wheels fall off and it doesn't work for you, that's fine. Don't beat yourself up over it. Start again tomorrow. It's no problem at all. No one's ever going to get it perfect straight up. No one's ever going to get it right and never, ever break or make a mistake or, or fall off the wagon. But where success lies is how quickly you can pick yourself up and go back to that intention, go back to that routine, go back to what you set out to do in the first place. Wow. Thank you. That's amazing advice. Amazing advice. And again, I'm sure whoever's listening to this will get a lot out of it. One last thing that I need to leave us with, it wouldn't be one of my podcasts if I didn't drop a dad joke. (laughs) So um, so, um, my wife is really mad at me at the moment at the fact that I have no sense of direction. Um, So I packed up my stuff and write. (laughs) (laughs) Dad dad jokes are just, yeah. Were you telling dad jokes before you were a dad? Yes. Actually, someone said to me once, you're going to be a really good dad. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you've got good dad jokes. (laughs) You're just looking for an opportunity to use them. Pretty much. I mean, 80% of the time, I'm the only one that thinks they're funny, but that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.